This is She Runs the Show with Cassandra Bybus, episode number 35, Monday Method. Welcome to Monday Method. Every Monday, you and I are going to break down an efficient, productive way to build your business. Now, how are we going to do that? By creating a system around a specific process. I love systems. They are the only thing that help me stay organized and avoid shiny object syndrome. You know what that is, like always wanting to do the next project, the new thing, the greatest idea. Well, systems are the only way that I have found as a woman entrepreneur to really stay focused. Now, you don't want to miss Monday Methods. So often, as entrepreneurs, we lose out on time, business, and clients because we don't know how to get more done with less. And, you know, as Tony Robbins put it in one of his CDs, you know, he said, it's not about having resources. It's about resourcefulness. And what I've found, and I'm sure what you found as well, is the moment you become a master of your time, you become a master of your life. And so at She Runs the Show, we are dedicating every single Monday episode to doing both. Monday method, specific process, developing a specific system, testing it out. Yes, that's every Monday here at She Runs the Show. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 35. Well, I, I might as well say welcome back to me. I, uh, <laughs> I've got to tell you an interesting story. I really thought I was going to take a break from the podcast for a few months. I really did. I thought, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I've got so many things to do with writing all of these eBooks. Um, I just need to let go of something. And so after thinking about it, the thing that I thought I should let go of is the podcast, because clearly it takes a lot of time to produce these. There's a lot of post editing. I'm not at a space where I'm hiring somebody to do the post edit part. So I do everything. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back in August or September or October, and then I'll be recharged and ready to go. And it's interesting because after I made that decision and after I aired the last episode and was like, okay, taking a break. All I could think about was the podcast. All I could think about was like, I'm missing out on recording this and getting, you know, great interviews and talking to amazing entrepreneurs. And so I've been tackling that for like the last week and a half or so. And, you know, this morning I just had an epiphany. It was like my inner knowing was just like, you need to get back to the podcast. Like you'll figure it out. You will figure out how to make it all work. You will figure out how to get it all done in a week, but you've got to get back to the podcast. So here I am back to the podcast. So I will tell you that, um, I'm definitely hoping that every episode airs right at midnight, every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I can't guarantee that it will. So uh, be patient with me as I work out the kinks of, of how I do the system of podcasting. But today is a very special episode because while it is a Monday method, I'm not talking today about specific strategies related to specific business endeavors. So we will have a number of Monday methods coming up that are about ebook branding and using Instagram and a whole bunch of other things. But today, especially because uh, it's my first show back, I want to talk to you about something that I was really thinking about over the last two weeks. And, and it's this, how to fall in love with the process of becoming great. 
you know, I was watching a Red Bull commercial a few years ago, and it was about this basketball player who's trying to be great. And one of the things that it said at the end of Red Bull, and this is no pull for Red Bull, by the way, I don't drink them. I'm sure there's way too much caffeine in them. But anyway, um, at the end of the Red Bull commercial, the mentor of this basketball player said, you have to fall in love with the process of becoming great. And I think far too often we don't do that. You know, we, we start a business and we want to immediately be great. We, we feel so strongly about our missions that we just want to go out into the world and nail it and like massively take action and massively get results overnight. And we just want to be great from day one. And at the end of the day, I think part of what creates greatness is feeling really good about being great right here, right now where you are. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how to fall in love with the process of becoming great. Because it's not an easy thing to do when you're driven by outcomes and results and performance and metrics. You know, we live in a, a world that's really like, okay, if you're not getting this result, then you don't you're not worth as much as somebody who is. And so um, while results are important, I'm never going to say they're not. While getting a certain revenue profitability thing going every single quarter is critical to you staying in business. What creates that though is falling in love with the process of becoming great. So I want to talk to you about that today because, you know, I struggle with this. I struggle with this idea of enjoying where I am as I work really hard to where I want to be. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who struggles with that. So let's talk about how do you fall in love with the process of becoming great? So one of the things that I find um, when I'm, you know, when I'm really like, there are moments when you're doing things and you're just like, geez, I wish this was done. Like, oh, I wish this next ebook was written or, oh, I wish this new um, meditation program that I'm creating was done or, oh, I wish I was at the victory lap or victory lane of whatever business endeavor I'm doing. You know, there's a lot in the midst of working really hard on on a project in your business. There's a lot of like, oh, this is great, but I can't wait to be done. I can't wait to, you know, get to where I'm going. And the problem with that kind of thinking is that you miss out on all of the bliss and all of the greatness in the moment. And so one of the things that we can do to fall in love with the process of becoming great is we can give all that we have to all that we do right now. And, you know, I say that and you probably hear that and you're like, well, I'm doing that already. Like I'm giving a hundred percent of myself. I'm, I'm giving all that I have to all that I do. Um, I would say question that question that because a lot of us give 80%. A lot of us give 75%. You know, some of us give 90% of ourselves to a new business or a new project or new endeavor. But we hold back that 5 to 10%. We hold back that 15% because in case this thing fails, we want to feel like we didn't give it everything we had. Because if we give it everything we have and it fails, then it means we weren't good enough, right? So not giving all that you have to all that you do is really a coping mechanism. It's a defense mechanism. And one of the things that that I'm learning is that if I want to enjoy the process of becoming great, if I want to fall in love with the process of becoming great, I got to give all of myself to it. Like that's where the, that's where the rush is. 
that's where the joy is. That's where the like, when you, when you stay up till midnight working on something and you're just like putting all of yourself, all of yourself into it, that's the greatness in it. It's not what happens after you fin- finish it and produce it and it's done. That's important. I'm not saying it's not. But you don't get to the results unless you, all of you is in the process of producing those results. So one of the first things we can do to fall in love with the process of becoming great is to give all that we have to all that we do. Another thing that we can do to fall in love with the process of becoming great is do it now rather than waiting to do it perfectly. You know, I am a recovering perfectionist. I'm going to be a recovering perfectionist the rest of my life. And I have moments where I go, if I can't do this perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. I said that with the podcast a few weeks ago. I was like, I am, you know, posting Monday method, like at 11 o'clock at night, mountain time. I'm doing this late. I'm not getting it out when I said I get it. Like, and I was having this struggle of like, you know, um, it not being perfect, it not being right. And so when you're raised to be perfect, when you're raised as an overachiever, when you're raised, it's got to be done right. Um, there is a tendency to want to retreat when things aren't going perfectly. And the thing that I learned uh, and that I'm still learning, because I have moments where I go right back into that perfectionism syndrome. But the thing that I'm learning is you got to do it now rather than waiting to do it perfectly. You know, I've been listening to Grant Cardone's The 10X Rule on Audible uh, for the last week, and it has really revolutionized my thinking about this thing. He talks about the fact that you have to decide what you want not worry about how you're going to do it and go out there and just take massive action. You'll figure it out. Danielle Laporte said the same thing years ago in a really powerful video that I'm sure is still on her YouTube channel. And in the video, she said, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And I think that's one of the things, if we want to fall in love with the process of becoming great, we need to get really certain about the fact that we're going to figure it out. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to have it all perfect. Do it now rather than waiting to do it perfectly. Here's the other thing about falling in love with the process of becoming great. You know, I used to be a huge proponent of this idea of under promise and over deliver, right? Like, like tell people you're going to do a little bit less and then crush it by doing way more. So under promise and over deliver. And if you're listening to Grant Cardone's The 10X Rule, now I get why that doesn't work. Because if what I'm doing is I'm under promising to you, then that also means my expectation of me is under promised. And so when I over deliver to you, you may be pleased, but a piece of me knows I could have given you three times that if I would have committed to three times that in the beginning. And so I'm shifting my thinking on that because part of falling in love with the process of becoming great is not about under promising and over delivering. It's about over promising and over delivering. Think about this. The rush, the high of succeeding comes when you take on something big that everybody else thought you couldn't do, that maybe you thought you couldn't do, and you go, you know what? I'm going to go for this. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to like, and you talk about it. I mean, one of the things that made Muhammad Ali so powerful is that he would overpromise and he would overdeliver. He would talk smack to folks that he was about to fight left and right all the time. And then he would overdeliver. Why do you think he did that? It wasn't just to create drama for television or for radio. It was to amp 
his goals up within himself so that what he's calling forth is more of himself. See, when you under promise, even though you know you're going to over deliver, you never deliver as much as you would have delivered if you said to yourself, we don't know how we're going to do this. But I'm calling forth the highest part of me to come and deliver something that feels so unreasonable in this moment that I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get it done. So if you want to fall in love with the process of becoming great, part of that means you've got to get comfortable with over-promising and over-delivering. And that doesn't mean you start with huge, you know, undertakings, but that means even in small undertakings, over-promise. If you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to write 2,000 words today on my ebook. Well, what would over-promising look like on that? What about 6,000 words? See, that's not a huge over-promise, but for you in the moment, when you're used to writing 2,000 words a day, 6,000 is like a serious over-promise. You're like, how am I going to do that? I work. I do other things. Start small by over-promising to yourself and over-delivering and get used to delivering that kind of massive action and then go bigger and bigger and bigger. That is part of what you can use to fall in love with the process of becoming great. Here's another thing you can do to fall in love with the process of becoming great. And I say this all the time, all the time I say this, it's just like, you're going to hear it like a broken record forever and ever. Amen. Put whole mind into present action. And this is a a James Allen quote from a book that he wrote in 1919 or something like that. The Science of uh, Getting Rich or The Science of Becoming Rich. But Wallace E. Waddle said, you've got to put whole mind into present action. And so often we are doing this multitasking thing, which is such a waste of time. Literally, like I am not on my phone right now. I am not checking my email right now. I do not have Facebook open right now because the only thing I want to be doing right now in this moment is talking to you. That's it. There's nothing else going on. I have no other focus. I am putting my whole mind into the present action of talking to you because that's how I know I can deliver the best podcast episode to you possible. And far too often, especially as entrepreneurs, we don't do that with aspects of our business. We go on Twitter, but we don't put whole mind into present action. We don't really connect with people. We don't really read other people's Twitter posts. We don't really click on links to see where they go about and talk about things like, oh, you know, like how I'll give you an example, Twitter alone. How many people are you connected to on Twitter and how many of their profiles have you actually fully read and how many clicks have you made to any of the blog posts or the website or the things that they post on Twitter? How many of those clicks have you made and really sat on the website that it clicked to and really got to know the person on Twitter who either you're following or who's following you? I I know the answer to that because a lot of the people that follow me on Twitter, I haven't clicked on their pages and read their stuff and putting whole mind into person action means, yeah, I need to clear 30 minutes a day to sit down and say, let me really get to know one to two of my Twitter followers. Let me see what they post about all day on Twitter. Let me go to the, let me read their profile and go to their website and really check out like, what is the thing that lights them up? What lights them up? And then let me send them a message to let them know that I see them. 
that I, I, I know what they're about and that I appreciate what they deliver to the world. How often do you do that? See, because that's an example of putting whole mind into present action. And it does allow you to fall in love with the process of becoming great. Because if you are here, if we are here together and we're totally present, then that means we're fully in this moment and we can fall in love with this moment because for right now, when I'm talking to you, this moment is the only thing that counts. There's nothing before it. There's nothing after it. It's just us. So putting whole mind into present action is a way to fall in love with the process of becoming great. Now, here's another way to fall in love with the process of becoming great. Love your failures and adore your mistakes because they are your greatest teachers. You know, people get so touchy about this word failure. I'm like, come on, people. Like... I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I get with the best of them what it feels like to fail, to lose. I, I hate, I hate that feeling of I didn't get what I came for, or I didn't accomplish what I said I would, or I didn't follow through in the, the way I said I would do it. I hate that. But just because I might hate the experience of failure doesn't mean I diminish its value. See, there comes a point where you have to understand that every person who's ultra successful had a ton of failures. And part of what you build as you fail is your ability to take rejection, your ability to overcome obstacles, your ability to go again and again and again, your resilience, your grit, your determination, your persistence, your ability to rebound, your recovery time gets better the more you fail. And I think far too often we see failures as, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't do this or I didn't make this list. You know, can I just, can I just intercept something? Stop worrying about these, these, I was about to cuss, you know I was. Stop worrying about these lists. You know, all of these people are worried about these freaking lists. Like, new and no, like, I was seriously worried about new and noteworthy on iTunes. Seriously. Like, I, I made it a mission. It stressed that, me the hell out to try to make the new and noteworthy list on iTunes. And I did make the new and noteworthy list on iTunes the first month that she runs the show was out. Does it mean anything in the grand scheme of things at this point now that I've been doing this show? What, January, February, March, April, May? Five months? No. It really doesn't. Um, when I start, got ready to start this show, my goal was to be the number one for management and marketing on iTunes. Ah, throw that out the window. I don't care about that. Like, honestly, we get crazy about like getting on these lists. But what the hell do these lists mean in the grand scheme of things? Because see, here's the thing. If we fell in love with the process of becoming great and we poured our hearts and our souls into our work and we gave all that we had to all that we do, a natural byproduct of doing that on a consistent basis over a long period of time, a natural byproduct of doing that is getting on those lists. So there's no need to worry about being on those lists because if you are doing it now, taking massive action, putting whole mind into present action, giving all that you have to all that you do, you will get on those lists. Maybe not today, maybe not six months from now, maybe not two years from now, but you will eventually get on this list. You know why? Because most people are lukewarm. Because most people only give what they have to give. Because most people only give a piece of themselves and they're afraid to give all of themselves because they're afraid to fail. So the moment you begin doing that consistently anyway, you reach the top 2% of people because everybody else doesn't. 
And then after that, you get on those lists. But we got to stop worrying about those freaking lists because psh, whatever. You're here to serve. You're here to give all that you have to all that you do so that the people who need you most can hear your voice and they can transform their lives because of you. Like if you're doing that, guess what? You're falling in love with the process of becoming great. So what I, I went on a tangent to say, love your failures and adore your mistakes because they are your greatest teachers. Now, here's the other piece of it. And I know a lot about this because, you know, dealing with infertility and going through all kinds of infertility treatments at this point, I have to tell you, I've had no other choice but to do this one, which is honor your need for downtime, reflection, and self-care, but don't make rest an excuse for waiting. See, this is a tricky little thing right here because a lot of us that are type A, I'm a type A, overachieving, um, we love to work. I mean, I got to tell you, I'm, I, I'm ambitious. I'm driven. I love providing for my family. Um, I feel like it is my responsibility to provide for my family well. And I love to do that. That's the pants down. That's what it is. And, but there comes a point where you need downtime. You need time for reflection. You need time for self-care. And oftentimes if you're driven, 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 when you do begin to do the self-care stuff, it feels like laziness. And so even when you're doing it, you're anxious to get out of doing it because it doesn't feel productive and it doesn't feel like you're living up to your ethical responsibility, your provider obligation. And so, but if you're going to fall in love with the process of becoming great, you have to fall in love with the entire process. And part of every process of massive action is this need for downtime, for reflection, and for self-care. But there's a fine line to this thing, right? Because sometimes when we drive, 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 and we push, push, push ourselves, we push ourselves to the brink of burnout. And then at that point, we finally take a rest. But the rest is way overextended. And now we're making rest an excuse for waiting. Like sometimes we wait till the point where we're about to, our bodies are breaking down and we're totally stressed out to take a rest. And then we end up taking a rest for like six months, which is way too long. And then it becomes... I'm stuck waiting because I don't want to come back or I've spent too long away from this. I don't want to have to figure out how to get back in the game. So this is a very fine line to walk because on the one hand, you've got to honor honor your needs. You know, if you need to rest, rest. And that doesn't mean, you know, there, there are a lot of um, people out there and I don't disagree with them. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, they talk about the fact, like, even James Altucher. James Altucher is is big on um, resting and getting eight hours of sleep a night. But he also says that, like, don't whine if you're working a full-time day job and then you're coming home and working five hours at night till 2 a.m. working on your business. I have to say, here's the reality. The reality is that your business, in order to grow to a certain level, is going to take massive action. And massive action also is going to require a great deal of time. And if you have other commitments, guess what? You're going to make sacrifices with your time. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can tell me whatever you want to tell me about how it can be done with ease. Yes, you can stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning working on your business with ease. Absolutely. 
Like, you know, if you if you get off your off of your day job at 5 p.m. and then, you know, you spend from 5 till 9 p.m. with the kids, you get them in the bed at 9 and you can get on your fluffy sneakers or uh, well, fluffy, you know, shoes, what hot sapatos. You can get on your little fluffy um, slippers and you can make yourself a little like latte and you can get a cup and make a couple of sugar cookies on the side and you can at 11 o'clock p.m. be in front of the computer, tired. Uh, wishing you could be in the bed, but working on your business instead. And you can go to bed at 2 a.m. peacefully with ease. And then you can wake up at 5 a.m. a little bit annoyed because you only got three hours of sleep. But you can do that with ease. I'm not saying that you can't do that with ease. What I am saying, though, is that for some reason, a lot of people either think that that schedule has to be done with... um stress and overwhelm so like sleeping three hours a night going all day long going all night long you bring the energy to any situation that you choose to it is not the situation or the dynamic of the situation that gives you that energy it's you so there are people who only sleep three hours a night and they feel massive amounts of energy because they know that what they're building over time for their family is so amazing and they're so thankful that they woke up this morning with the energy to be able to do that. You see, their energy in only sleeping three hours a night is so different from the person who's complaining, I was about to cuss, who's complaining and moaning about the fact that they're only getting three hours of sleep a night because they're working on their business. See, the energy you bring to a situation is the energy you get out of a situation. So remember that you don't want to make rest an excuse for waiting, but you do want to honor your needs. But even in moments in your business where you're not able to get in as much rest or as much sleep or as much self-care as you would like, you, you still get to decide how you feel. You still get to decide whether you do that that three hours a night with ease or you do that three hours a night complaining and moaning and wishing things were different like you get to choose how that feels and one way is going to allow you to fall in love with the process of becoming great and one way is going to you know have you totally focus on getting to the end goal which may take years to come i don't know one feels better so when we talk about falling in love with the process of becoming great, it's also about being absolutely relentless about sharing your message with the world. Tell everyone and anyone who listen. There are a lot of people I know who do that and they do it better than I do. I would have to tell you. Um, and I'm improving upon that, like getting comfortable when I go to Starbucks, talking about what I do, getting comfortable when I meet somebody and we get a start a random conversation talking about what I do. But there comes a moment where you have to become so convinced that what you offer to the world is powerful beyond measure to the point where people need to know what you do. Like it would be a disservice to them for you not to share what you do. You've got to become relentless about sharing your message with the world. That means you've got to tell everybody and anybody who listen. You know, I still feel I always still feel a little twinge of like uncomfortableness when I share a link to one of my ebooks. I still feel that. And so what I'm training myself to do at this point is be like, no, people need my book. Like people need it. And it's a disservice for me not to share that link with them because they need it. Um, but that's a work in progress. But it is a way 
to fall in love with the process of becoming great. When you get relentless about sharing your message in the world, when you get to the point where you're going like, I'm not ashamed, I'm going to tell you about this book and this book that I wrote and that book and that product and that course because you know you need it, you know you want it, you know you have to have it. I mean, (laughs) when you get relentless about sharing your message with the world and you tell everyone and anyone who's going to listen, um, it becomes fun. It becomes fun. And and then you know you're falling in love with the process of becoming great. Now, you can also fall in love with the process of becoming great by, and I talked about this, you know, a few minutes ago, getting to know people, like really knowing them. You know, I think we live in a world, especially with our smartphones and our tablets and hiding behind computer screens and avatars and profiles. I think we get to a place where we don't really know people like we know of them and we know about them and we might see what they post on Instagram, but do we really know what's important to them? Do we know what's in their heart? Do we know what they're struggling with, what they're dealing with? You know, I think the Facebook generation is good in that you can connect with people a lot um, and in ways that you couldn't before. But I also think the whole Facebook generation thing is not so great because People post on Facebook what you want them to see. Like people show what they want to show, but they don't share everything. And I'm not saying that we should be sharing all of our tragedies and downfalls. And I don't think we should be doing that either. But I do believe that there is a place for being open and vulnerable and sharing yourself with the world, even if you're not sharing everything. You know, so part of one of the ways you can fall in love with the part with the process of becoming great is just really be available. You know, one of the people who I think one of, one of the women who I love because I think she is so present and so available is Byron Katie. And she has a school for the work and she calls it the work. And if you've ever just Google Byron Katie, the work, but I want you to watch some of her YouTube videos and the way that she sits with someone when she's doing the work And she looks deeply into their eyes and she pays attention and you can tell she's totally available to do the work. It's an amazing thing. Um, And I think we need to be that way, especially at home. I would say you want to fall in love with the process of becoming great. Get good at this in your intimate relationships. Like when your spouse or your partner is talking, look them deeply in their eyes, connect with them, touch them. Really listen to what they're saying. Allow them to speak without interjecting a word. Do that on a consistent basis and you will get to see how much more of that person you learn about, you get to know. And then start to do that in your business. Like really listen to your tribe. Hear what they're saying. Read their blog posts. You know, respond to their tweets. Um, You know, respond to their Instagram posts. Get to know people. You know what? It's... You get so much more out of it than you give to it. It's not even funny. Like when you really focus on getting to know people, and this is something that I struggle with because, you know, I mean, I could get lost on Facebook. I literally made myself spend five minutes on this morning and that's it because I start reading people's posts and then I want to comment and, you know, an hour's gone and I don't have an hour to do that. But I think there have to be moments where you stop and you just say, I want to see what other people are doing. I want to know them. And you really take the time to do that. And that's powerful. So get to know people, really know them. Here's another thing you can do to fall in love with the process of becoming great. Love yourself more. 
you know, I could spend a whole episode on this one. Um, and I will just say this. One of the most powerful affirmations, because I think self-love is an evolutionary process. I don't think you say, okay, I'm going to love myself more and you just arrive one day or after months of intensive therapy and work. I don't think that happens. I think there, self-love is an up and down process, like almost anything. Forgiveness, self-love, self-worth, self-esteem, up and down, up and down, up and down. And I think one of the greatest affirmations that I've ever said to myself to just get back to a place of self-love, because again, it's up and down, is um, I am loving and lovable. And I move through life knowing that this is true. I am loving and lovable. And I move through life knowing that this is true. I am loving and lovable. And I move through life knowing this is true. You know, so much of what we have as issues related to self-esteem and self-confidence isn't really about self-esteem or self-confidence. It's about self-love. It's about being willing to receive love. It's about being willing to give love. It's about being open and being vulnerable. And, um, you know, let me just, and I didn't even think I was going to do this, but I, I have to tell you, if you want to work on self-love, one of the best books you could ever use, it's going to be a book that I keep on my bookshelf, which is why I just pulled it out by Louise L. Hay called You Can Heal, Heal Your Life. And if I can find this one affirmation, I'm going to read it to you because this is a powerful one. And she puts affirmations at the end of every chapter. And so this chapter is called Relationships. And I want to read you, it's a long affirmation, but this is one of the affirmations that really a few years back, it changed my life. And I actually need to start reading this whole book again and doing this work again. But here's the affirmation. In the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole, and complete. I live in harmony and balance with everyone I know. Deep at the center of my being, there is an infinite well of love. I now allow this love to flow to the surface. It fills my heart, my body, my mind, my consciousness, my very being, and radiates out from me in all directions and returns to me multiplied. The more love I use and give, the more I have to give. The supply is endless. The use of love makes me feel good. It is an expression of my inner joy. I love myself. Therefore, I take loving care of my body. I lovingly feed it nourishing foods and beverages. I lovingly groom it and dress it. And my body lovingly responds to me with vibrant health and energy. I love myself. Therefore, I provide for myself a comfortable home, one that fills all my needs and is a pleasure to be in. I fill the rooms with a vibration of love so that all who enter, myself included, will feel this love and be nourished by it. I love myself. Therefore, I work at a job I truly enjoy doing, one that uses my creative talents and abilities, working with and for people I love and who love me, and earning a good income. I love myself. Therefore, I behave and think in a loving way to all people, for I know that which I give out returns to me multiplied. I only attract loving people in my world, for they are a mirror of what I am. I love myself. Therefore, I forgive and totally release the past and all past experiences, and I am free. 
I love myself, therefore I live totally in the now, experiencing each moment as good, and knowing that my future is bright and joyous and secure, for I am a beloved child of the universe, and the universe lovingly takes care of me now and forevermore. All is well in my world. And even just reading that, because it's been a long time since I've read this one, it is so utterly powerful. I mean, I could just, I, I could do an episode just covering what the different pieces of this affirmation, but loving yourself more allows you to fall in love with the process of becoming great. Because when you love yourself more, you treat yourself differently. You treat your business differently. You treat your home differently. You treat your body differently. You treat everybody differently. And so one of the things you can do to really fall in love with the process of becoming great is say, you know what? The supply of love is endless. So I can give it and give it and give it, and it always returns to me multiplied. I love myself. Even just saying that on a constant basis every day, especially when you don't feel that way, is so powerful. Saying, I love myself. I love myself. I love who I am. I love who I'm becoming. I love everything that I am. I love and approve of myself. If you do nothing else all day long, saying I love and approve of myself will transform your life. Mark my words. So again, one of the things you can do to fall in love with the process of becoming great, and I need to bookmark this affirmation page because that is so powerful. I'm going to have to come back to that tonight and do it 10 times. Okay. Um, love yourself more. The other piece that's deeply connected to loving yourself more is trust your inner knowing. You know, my inner knowing has been telling me for the past two or three days, get back to the podcast, get back to the podcast. And you know, and I'm, I'm stubborn. I mean, y'all know me, I'm stubborn. And it took me two or three days to get back here, but I feel so good doing this episode. Like, I'm like, yes, I'm back. Um, I feel amazing doing this episode. Now, I don't know how I'm going to like get two other episodes out this week, but I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to say this episode is, is getting done. So trust your inner knowing. And when it speaks, listen and take action. Like it's not enough to listen to it. Like I was listening for the past three days, but now I'm taking action. Listen and take action. And then, you know, here's a final one. I mean, I, I just have to add this in here. I, I don't know that it's really something you need to focus on, but I, I just thought I ought to say this because I get this a lot from folks and I, um, and it used to make me mad and now it just, it, well, it still kind of annoys me, but at least I don't get angry about it. Okay. So if you want to fall in love with the process of becoming great, like I said to you before, most people aren't doing this. They're not falling in love with the process of becoming great. They're not going for greatness. They're settling for lukewarm lives where they do the normal average thing. They're only giving 70% of themselves to any single endeavor that includes relationships and marriages. I'm just saying. Um, they're not going all out. And so when you are somebody who is aspiring to be more of who you are, when you're somebody who really is working on giving all that you have to all that you do, to most of the people in your life who are lukewarm people, you look like a weirdo. You seem strange. You seem like, why is he doing that? Why is she doing that? What is wrong with that person? Because you are the exception to the people in your life. You are the odd person. You're not the norm. And so one of the things you can do, because I think far too often when we're aspiring to greatness and we have this passion for life and we're like going all in, people are like, whoa, like, what are you doing? Why don't you just calm down a bit? You're doing too much. 
Here's what I want to say about that. Like, I, I even feel annoyed that I have to even say this. But stop answering stupid questions from people who should know better. Did I stutter? Stop answering stupid questions from people who should know better. Like, are you there yet? How much money is your business doing well yet? How are things coming along? I do not want to answer any questions about how my business is doing. Why don't you just watch me? That's all you got to do. Watch me. I don't need to tell you how my business is doing. Watch me. Then you'll see by my actions, you'll know my results. Watch me. Stop answering stupid questions from people who should know better. Lots of people in your life get very insecure and very jealous when you are full throttle in your life, when you're pursuing a new business and you're like on fire and you're up till 2 a.m. Like, whoa. I mean, people get crazy about this kind of stuff. You know why? Because they know they don't have the guts to do it. You know why? Because they would rather you be normal with them than extraordinary by yourself. You know why? Because misery loves company. Let me help you out. Anytime you feel like you need to justify, explain, debate, or prove why you are falling in love with the process of becoming great, why you are just going full force in your bed, anytime you have to, you feel like you have to prove or explain yourself, you need to just stop talking and you need to just walk away. Walk away because it's a total waste of your time and energy. Listen, focus on being where you are, knowing that where you are will take you to where you want to go. And it does not require anybody else's permission, advice, suggestion, or acceptance of your journey. This is your journey. Falling in love with the process of becoming great really involves you saying to yourself and to the world, here I am, full throttle, on fire, fire in my belly, working it every single day, over-promising and over-delivering and doing it now. And nobody, did I say that? Nobody has to understand why I am the way I am. Nobody needs an explanation so that I can feel like I have permission to go forward and do what I need to do. Either you are with me or you're outside of me, but we're not going to play the game where I defend to you why I am the way I am. You don't like it. There are normal people over there, plenty of them. Go hang out with them. And I would also say, get around people who are falling in love with the process of becoming great, who are doing amazing things. That doesn't mean, okay, let me just say one thing before I wrap up this episode, because you know I talk long and then here I am at 40 minutes still talking. That doesn't mean you don't have bad days. That doesn't mean that you don't have days where you complain. That doesn't mean you don't have moments where you think about giving up. That's part of the process of becoming great. Like those fear-based moments, those scary moments, those moments where you just don't want to do this even one more time. That's part of the process of becoming great. Don't apologize for the bad times. Don't apologize for the moments where you just can't get yourself to do another podcast episode. Like you're just, you're, you're sitting at, you know, Starbucks having a latte with a piece of cake. Don't apologize for those. That's a part of the process. What I am saying though is you do not need to justify your desire to be more of who you are and to be relentlessly about your mission in the world and to share that mission with anyone and everyone who will, you don't ever have to justify that to anybody. It is a waste of time and energy to do that. So what am I saying? At the end of the day, I want you to enjoy what's here right now. 
the beauty of your business, the beauty of your life, the beauty of your relationships. I want you to be full throttle, on fire, fire in the belly, activated, sacral chakra. I mean, I just want your power to radiate from your body because that's what you're here to do. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how long it takes to get where you want to go. You're going to get there if you are on fire and if you are falling in love with the process of becoming great. But if what you're waiting for is the outcome, okay, I want to make 10000 a month in revenue in the business. I want to get to number one on management and marketing in the iTunes podcast thing. I want to, If you're waiting for those kind of like mountaintop experiences, here's something you got to remember. There's nothing alive on the mountaintop. Did you ever notice that? I, I was watching a YouTube video about infertility uh, last night, and I love the fact that the speaker said, nothing is living at the, on the mountaintop. All of the life is in the valley. I want you to think about that. When you go to the top of a mountain, it's pretty cold up there. There's nothing alive up there. So yes, it's exciting to get to the mountaintop, but there's no life up there. So all of the life, all of the fertile ground, all of the, all of the life is in the valley. And so often we're fighting to get to the mountaintop and we forget the, all the, about all the blessings that are in the valley. And that's what it means to fall in love with the process of becoming great. The valley is where life is. The valley is where fertility is. The valley is where conception is. The valley is where uh, abundance and creation is. Why are we discounting the joy of the valley? Because we're just focused on the mountaintop. Yes, get to the mountain. Because once you get up to the mountain, you got to go back down again. So you're back in the valley. Then you're up another mountain and down again, back in the valley. But we need to enjoy the valley experience because you know what? That's where the life is. So that's what I'm saying. Fall in love with the process of becoming great. Now, as you know, because you've listened to the show before, I talk a lot. I always think these things are going to be 20 minutes. And then it's like 41. And here we are, actually 43 minutes and 25 seconds. Um, yes, but I'm glad to be back. And I'm glad that you're listening. And I'm so thankful that you are with me on this journey. And I just want to encourage you to fall in love with the process of becoming great. And next episode, we'll have amazing guests. And next episode after that, we'll have another amazing guest. And next week, we'll get back to our usual flow with uh, Monday Method. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>